This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 417 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and you, our auditors. Auditor Chris Rakovic rides in as Listener of the Week. Covered Side Magazine stops by for the Fox Hunting Monthly. And Horselovers.com Tack and Habit segment has a review of the Noble Outfitters Perfect Fit Glove. Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, where weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. This is Glenn the Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Well, howdy, everybody. Helena, we missed you at Ada. I was riding my pony. You were home playing and not working. Oh, no. I know. This was the first year that I haven't made it to this most amazing Ada. You always end up coming into winter when it's snowing and you're driving in a blizzard. Well, no, I refuse to do those anymore. So I've been making a point to go to the August Ada shows. But uh, I had too many other things going on, like other work stuff. And I just couldn't make it this year. And I was so bummed out, too, because you posted something about the early morning. You posted a video about the early morning stroll among all the booths and stuff. And that's my favorite thing to do is just browse peacefully in the quiet and chat a little bit with the vendors. Well, and, and you know, when I went through, it was before anybody was really there, except the whor- the horse girls were there. H-O-R-Z, girls were there. Horse, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't even say it. You can't even. I know. So, I'm sorry, from. horse people. That's still the dumbest name. So yeah. anyway, so anyway, they were there. And uh, I don't know if you saw the video, but they said hello in about four languages in that booth. So, so that was fun. And, you know, it is fun walking through there when it's really quiet and all the people aren't there. And that video got a ton of views. So uh, I think people are curious of what happens at Super Secret Ada, right? Uh, and that's the American Question Trade Association trade show that Helena and I go to. Regular listeners will know what we're talking about. If you want to hear the the episode that we did, go to Horses in the Morning for Monday, and you will you will hear that episode. And uh, you know, I was joined by Cat from Benefab, co-hosted, and she's so sweet. She's she's so nice, and she was so nice to do that. Come over. She took time away from her booth to come over, and she loves doing it. So so it was neat to do that. And we found a lot of cool new products. There's some companies out there. So many clothing companies. There's there's just a ton of different things there now. Yeah. Uh, new products coming to the market too. Innovation is back in the horse world. Uh, some of them are ridiculous, and some are you you know are going to make it right. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we were just talking about this um, on that Newport show because there is a the Newport International Bow Show is coming up and it's similar to the equestrian trade show to Ada where these vendors bring their new and innovative products. And I said, listen, 
I'm a horse person. And here's what we look for in the innovations department. We look for things that are going to make our lives easier, <laughs> make our horses more comfortable and save us money. So right. what do you got? You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much, a, th- those are three universal principles that we look for at these trade shows. So did you find something that was super innovative? Are we going to, are we going to hear about this on you know, the thing I, the, there are, the other thing, you know, beside clothing, breeches and shirts and things like that, the, the other thing I saw a ton of, there's a ton of manufacturers for tall boots now. Mm-hmm. Tall riding boots, and I mean from very, very high end, very high end to you know to lower end, and everything in between. But years ago, we didn't have this number and variety of boots. If I, if you're, a, and you and I both were, we were both retailers years ago. It would be hard to stock a store now because you, yeah, you couldn't carry it all because it, you couldn't afford to carry it all. There's just too many options right now for for a retailer to go. What do I carry? Agreed. Um, you know, and I was talking about this too because I'm right in the process of outfitting my daughter for the upcoming IEA show season. And I was actually overwhelmed by all the choices. And of course, I shop at horselovers.com. And I, it, I took, honestly, I shouldn't really admit this, but I was on Horse Lovers' site for, you know, two hours <laughs> and in, in between doing my work. But because I, I really had to like read all the product descriptions and, you know, there used to be one or two shirt manufacturers, one or two boot manufacturers, one or two helmet manufacturers. And now we have choices and choices and choices, which I think is a really healthy thing for the equestrian industry. Yeah, it's good for to have competition for a while there. We didn't, you know, in the Miller's Eisers years, yeah. uh, there wasn't a lot of competition and that wasn't good for the industry, actually. And there's price points, you know, so whether you're shopping in the economy market or you're going high end, there's also three or four or five price points in between there. So you really can find exactly what you're looking for within your budget. And that's probably my favorite thing about the evolution of the equestrian retail industry. And we usually go to Ada and it's the only time Jennifer will go. She won't go in January because it's too cold. And we usually go in August because it's cooler in Philadelphia. We got off. It was hotter in Philadelphia this time than it was in Florida. We actually came home to Florida. It was cooler. (laughs) It's like it's hot up there in the north. You guys have a heat spell. That's for sure. Uh, It was definitely it was hitting 100 each day. So it was hot. It's it's hot even here on the coast. Um, like really hot. You yeah. know, when it gets to be 91 degrees in Little Compton, I really start to worry about my friends just north and west of us. Yeah, it was it was definitely warm. Yeah. Well, we have a show planned for you today, and uh, we're, we might as well get to it. We have Martha Drum, who is the online content editor for Covered Side Magazine, coming on with our monthly feature on fox hunting. <laughs> Hi, Martha. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be on. Well, you know, I saw some of your friends from Covered Side Magazine yesterday. They actually were on our morning show from the American Equestrian Trade Association. They blew the horn to start the show. So they officially began our Horses in the Morning show yesterday, and they did good. We like to call ourselves the Cover Girls, the the Cover Side team. (laughs) Stunning ladies. Well, they can blow a horn, too. So not only do they All look right. good, they can blow a horn. It was fun. I, I actually blew the thing, and that got it to make sound. I didn't sound like them, but it was a sound. 
So I was, any hounds miles. <laughs> I was proud. Um, <laughs> did any hounds come? No, we were looking for the hounds after they blew the horn, but I didn't see any at all. Then you're just not that good. No, um, there were no barking, nothing. No. Sometimes the horn is telling the hounds, go on and go look in here, go look in here. So, so they might have been hearing it and just telling them to go on and, and follow that fox over around the corner. So, Well, I can tell so you what did worked. happen is, you know how big that hall is, Selena? It's pretty big. Yep. <clears throat> There's like 300 vendors. There was somebody in the far corner. Weatherbeater was all over in the far corner. They heard the <laughs> horn. <laughs> so it's loud oh man it's loud well now tell us a little bit about yourself martha you hunt actively yes i do and i'm a um i'm somewhat of a newcomer to fox hunting and um absolutely a a convert a very enthusiastic person trying to preach the gospel to other horsey people who haven't um come out fox hunting yet I, so I grew up riding, but I did not actually get the opportunity to go out in the hunt field until about 15 years ago. And I had a great horse I had invented, and a friend of mine invited me out with the Norfolk hunt. And I was very definitely completely hooked. And since that time, have uh, moved down to Virginia for, for really for family reasons. That was the reason I said, but also gives one many more opportunities to fox hunt. So down here, I've joined two fantastic and really fun and, and somewhat different clubs um farmington hunt club and peasant hunt club and then i think a little bit of work i've been doing perhaps more so for farmington to publicize all the good stuff that that club does and a little bit also for keswick i um was able to join the team at coverside and start doing some online work for them so that's how i think i came to be on you all's radar so i uh, i teach lessons and i bring people out on school horses kind of newbie people very kind of inter level and uh so I am able to seek out a living doing something that I love in a very beautiful place. So I've got a pretty good deal. Tell us about the hunt a little bit. What, uh, where, and where is it, and what kind of terrain, that kind of thing? So Farmington is on the western side, let's say, of Charlottesville, which is in central um, Virginia, maybe 120 miles southwest of D.C., definitely horse country, classic, beautiful Virginia horse country. And so running right up into the foothills of the um, Blue Ridge Mountains and then Farmington's country, we say their territory, stretches down to the south of Albemarle County, down along the James River. And then Keswick and the two clubs have a lot of overlap with membership. Keswick's kennels are located on the eastern side of Charlottesville and also some very, very beautiful and quite a bit still very open, that developed hunt country stretching up along what we call the Southwest Mountains and some of those big, beautiful farms in around Keswick. So, um, absolutely God's country. Very, very beautiful. And, and a lot of variety, too. Sometimes you're on a river bottom. Sometimes you're in a cultivated nice field. And sometimes you're on a tiny little trail where you can't see two horses in front of you. And you're sort of just hoping, hoping, hoping for that. <laughs> trusting your horse. Hoping. I know what that feels like. How uh, do you hunt? You hunt live, I assume. Yes, live um, hunt. And both those clubs pursue red fox. We do not um, hunt any other quarry. How I guess we might, just... we might, we might, we might let them chase a gray, but we have not gone to coyote yet, like a lot of hunt clubs have. How would you describe the difference between hunting drag and hunting live to those who have only hunted drag? Well, um, you need to be a little more patient, actually, out with the live hunting because, of course, there are so many varieties, which is what makes it so interesting of uh, weather and scenting conditions. So the weather preceding your hunt meet can have a big effect. Um, 
the terrain and there's just such an unpredictability in terms of how a given animal of given the quarry might or might not run on a certain day. And then there are other, what I like to call, although I reveal myself as a, a Dungeons and Dragons nerd from long ago, wandering monsters. So whether there's going to be livestock or rivers or other, other things that might come and interfere with, um, with pursuing the scent of the live fox. Whereas the drag hunt, and I actually think there's a lot of misperceptions about drag hunts too. The idea is that it's always a steeplechase and they just drop the hounds right on the scent line. And I, I haven't hunted with every drag pack, but, but I think most of them actually try as much as they can to simulate how a live fox might run. So they try to make the scent a little bit tricky and a little windy. And again, it's, hounds are using their noses, so you could have a very dry, dusty day and, and not automatically find the scent right away and have this kind of steeplechase run that everyone pictures. Um, I do think with the drag hunt, you do have a sense that we're going to check at a certain point. We're going to stop the scent line because maybe there's a road or maybe we need to stop. So if something's going wrong, you, you know you have a moment here, you're going to be able to catch up and um, get reorganized or step off and readjust your saddle. And when you're going live, that, that may or may not happen. But on the other hand, live, you may be standing around for 45 minutes if perhaps I shouldn't mention this, but the possibility of the hounds running on the wrong fox or doing something like that, and we're waiting for the hounds to be brought back. So it's, it's just a lot less predictable. Although, you know, drag hunting is still a bunch of people galloping around through the woods on horses with a pack of hounds, so it's not like that's 100% predictable either. And a little bit about uh, what you do for Coverside Magazine. And Coverside's been on here many times, so uh, we, you know, the listeners are familiar with the magazine, but what do you do for the okay. magazine? So it's this beautiful quarterly glossy page magazine that, you know, covers a range of, um, you know, subjects, also ancillary subjects like food, alcohol, clothing, travel, art. And um, partly I think because I teach lessons, so I'm, I'm hanging around with a lot of teenagers and a lot of teenage um, girls and some boys. I think it's been really exciting for me to, for example, we set up an Instagram account for cover side, we're um, getting much more active on the Facebook page. I think the um, people who have liked or are following the page is up almost 50%. I think it's up well over, anyway, well over 33% from last October and getting a little more interactive on the page too, which is great. And we, all, we also have a Twitter feed that we, I'm pretty well only using that when there's a big event going on, like the Virginia Foxhound Show, or I'm going to talk in a minute, if you'll let me later, about um, in October, we have the Junior North American Field Hunter Championship. So I'm sort of enjoying finding all these different platforms for sharing the, the sport that I just love so much. And there's so much to talk about. I could, you know, this, this could completely be a full-time job for, for, for a bunch of people because whether you're talking about kids coming out or, um, again, the, the countryside we hunt through or the efforts people are making to conserve that or specific hound or hound breeding or why is this breed preferred by that breed? And what are the backgrounds of some of the huntsmen? And just all the different personalities in the sport. It's, there's, I, I'm learning so much, and I'm getting to tell people about all these really interesting people. So it's, it's really been a lot of fun, and it kind of gives me an excuse to um, pull my phone out and be on Facebook or be on Instagram. And people look at me like I'm crazy because I'm 47. But I'm like, oh, no, no, no it's, it's for work. It's for work. It's okay. So uh, to wrap up here, because we only have a couple minutes left, tell me a little bit about the kids thing coming up and where can people find it? Right. So that's the Junior North American Field Hunter Championship. And there are a series of hunt meets at which kids under 18 can ride and there are judges watching them in the hunt field and they'll tap them 
say you've been selected to go to the finals, which are going to be held October 23rd in Kentucky. So if they're interested in that, they have their own website, which is www and then the letters J R N A F H C dot org, and they can find a whole schedule there for what meet they could attend to be selected to go to the finals and. Also, we have a story about it on our website right now, and our website is www.ecoverside.net. And remember, there's a the letter T is hidden in cover side, so it looks like covert side, ecoverside.net. Well, before we get to our listener of the week, I wanted to mention horselovers.com. I saw the guys from Horse Lovers and the ladies over the weekend. They were out shopping for new stuff to put on the site. And Horse Lovers does have one of the largest selections of horse products available today. And I have to thank them because they're such big advocates and they promote, they're out there promoting Horse Radio Network at the show to other vendors and, and manufacturers. And uh, every time I'd go in a booth, they say, well, Horse Lovers were just here and they were talking about you. And apparently, it was good so that's good um (laughs) it's so much better when they talk smack about us (laughs) so they uh they're there shopping because they want to make sure that they have all the update products and as you as you said helena earlier you were shopping for your daughter and had a ton of options and that's because horse lovers does carry a ton of stuff they carry a wide selection of each option if you look for gloves or breeches or um whatever you're searching for you're going to find a million options, and, and they do have the descriptions and everything to go through and take a look at them, but one of the things that you're not going to be lacking with Horse Lovers is selection. The other thing is the prices are really good. So stop by horselovers.com. They really do negotiate on your behalf to get the best pricing. And if you use the coupon code HRN, HRN in the coupon code field, you'll get $5 off your next order over $49. That's coupon code HRN. And I think that is good until the end of, until the end of August. So uh, we hope that you stop by. Next time you're shopping like Helena was, uh, just check out horselovers.com. We think you're going to like it. Yeah, it was a really good experience. Up next, our listener interview features Chris Rakovic. And I don't know, the fellow's bounced around. He, he started out in Rhode Island, apparently, uh, went to Minnesota, and is currently in Maryland. And we're going to talk to him from the back of an off-track thoroughbred that he's riding. So let's welcome Chris to the show. It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Welcome, Chris, to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. I have to start out off. I have to start off. I have to learn how to speak first. Then I can start off. <laughs> I have to start off with a question about your phone number. You have, you're have you a 401-er. Tell me where you're from in Rhode yes. Island. I am originally from Narragansett, Rhode Island. Awesome. So happy to be talking to a, uh, a fellow Rhode Islander. That is so great. So you went from Rhode Island, and you are now in Minnesota. Um, so I want to know how that happened. What the hell? It wasn't cold enough in Rhode Island. You went to Minnesota? <laughs> Actually, I've escaped Minnesota for now. I'm in Maryland as we speak. Um, after Rhode Island, moved around a bit for work. And right now, I'm getting my MBA in upstate New York because Rhode Island wasn't cold enough uh, at Cornell. And you have me... Sort of in between the end of my summer internship and the beginning of my final year at my MBA. And whenever I get a minute off, I always 
drive down to Maryland where I'd lived for the last five years and get to ride the beautiful horses at Basque Farm. Okay. Okay. See, because that's what we do. Whenever we can, we go back to the place where there are the most horses and we ride them. Yep. Exactly. So As, um, as many as we can. What do you do for your, what do you do for work that helps you support your horse habit? I mean, I'm assuming an MBA is going to help you make more money so that you can ride more horses. Yeah, uh, make more money so I can finally purchase my own horse. So I've been, you know, leasing, doing the lesson thing for, for a while now and going back in my MBA, hopefully get, you know, one of them fancy jobs that make you wear a tie all the time, but pay you enough money to get a couple of horses. I like that. Glenn, we don't, we, we gave that up. Yeah. <laughs> what the making money part. We could get a couple of horses, but then we couldn't, we didn't have the time to ride them. There, so. Well, that's the thing. When you're making enough money to actually afford the horses, you have no time. Uh, oh yeah. No, that's uh, there's certain career paths where people are like, Oh, you would be perfect. That I was like, yeah, but then I can't ride horses. I'm not going to do that. And let's there, just mention that you're riding one right now. We love that. Yay. We need a sound effect yes, for that. Helena, when somebody's riding, when we're talking to them. I know. Well, you'll find a, a bumper that, that has that. The, like a galloping horse and then a scream? Is that the bumper? How about ambulance sirens? <laughs> sirens, that's great. Sean <laughs> might give you a, uh, if we wander too far away from his buddy, Sean might give you that uh, the bumper for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We like when tell they win. Tell us about the horse you're on right now. Like, Tell us about it. What's going on? What's happening? So I am on, um, I'm actually out cross-country schooling. Um, took him right before you guys called, took him into his first water, which was awesome. He, his name is Scrimshaw. He is a five-year-old off-track thoroughbred. He's been off the track for about eight months now, and we're trying to turn him into a fancy event horse and taking him out first time today. And from what he's doing, he, he will be great. Unfortunately, I still have a year left of school or else I'd try to buy him myself. Ah, how would you describe his personality? He is uh, very green, but has such a go button. He, you know, he just doesn't know what, what he's doing, but he doesn't have sort of stop in him. He just has kind of, I don't know exactly what you're asking me to do. And then once he figures it out, he'll jump anything. I mean, this is, this is the second time I've been on him. Uh, he'll jump anything. He's very sweet, uh, out in the field. He's a little bit of a, uh, uh, a rascal. He likes to uh, play with the other horses and sometimes comes in with the, uh, the marks of his fun times out at night. <laughs> very much a five-year-old. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I happen to, not that I know a heck of a lot about retraining off-track thoroughbreds, but here's my, here's my armchair theory, is that they really, other than doing their job at the track, they don't have to think a whole heck of a lot. You know, there are not no. a lot of questions that they have to figure out. They just have to be game with a go button that works. And then you get them out into another career and you, you do have to, to work very much with that, um, that emotional and intellectual immaturity in them, which is fine. That's right. That's our job as trainers. But, uh, you oh, yeah. do kind of get a sense. You're like, wow, you were, you know, you were great at the track, even if they didn't win they they can always be great at the track, but it always surprises me. It's just how silly and goofy and babyish they really are. Yes, exactly. And fun. But he'll figure it out. Oh, so much fun. So much fun. They tried to put me on an easy horse. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Let's take that thoroughbred out. So, yeah, he's, he'll do really well once he... Now, give him a couple more months, and I'm sure he'll be a beginner now in no time. 
Awesome. Okay, now I have the important uh, male questions because we don't have many. It's fun to finally talk to a guy doing these listener interviews here. Um, so, mm-hmm. you uh, are you married? Did you drag a woman into the horse world? No, no. I'm, I don't know if it's the horses or my dog, but I seem to be too enthralled with animals to keep uh, a lady around for too long. That's right. They only screw up your life and your career anyway. So, go f- stay the way you are. And besides, then you wouldn't you know, have all the money to, you have more money to devote to the horses this way. Yeah, unless I find one of them, you know, nice ones that want to buy me a horse. Then, that, then there I'm you go. All, all for that. <laughs> yeah, Just keep doing what you're doing. You will attract the per- You will attract somebody who wants to roll around in the dirt with your your horses and your dogs and all your animals. I was wondering where you were going with that when you and started my- with the roll around. <laughs> Oh, that can change in an instant. Just ask Glenn about the naked dining episode. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, No, seriously, you know, when you spend enough time around animals and loving them, eventually someone who loves them and appreciates them just as much as you do and appreciates the way you love them, then that's when your little sparks fly and the magic happens. But just keep doing what you're doing. You are, you're rolling in the right direction. Yeah, I'm I'm more concerned with my uh, next horse partnership before my uh, next human partnership. Don't tell my mom that though; she'll get upset. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll cover for you, dude. We totally have your back. You just whatever. You, now, is your mom still? Is your family in Rhode Island? There, yeah. So my parents are still in Rhode Island, and then I have a couple of siblings, mostly in sort of that New England area. Okay, great. So do you go, do you come back very often, or you're kind of a prissy, yep, pretty yep. busy guy? I am. I, I keep pretty busy. Um, yeah, I come back, you know, holidays and, and, and the like. So actually, we'll be back in Rhode Island end of September to go to a friend's wedding on Narragansett Beach, which will be lovely. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, be sure to look me up. We're not too far. Well, nothing is too far in Rhode Island, but give us a shout out. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I got a question. What's your MBA? You, what, did you say what you're going into Cornell for? So... The MBA at Cornell is sort of a generalist um, degree, so they don't have any concentration or anything like that. Okay. So just the master's of administration. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, different different sort of career path, and I'm kind of on the edge of all of them. So didn't didn't come in with a, uh, unlike when I'm riding, didn't come in with a, a laser focus. Got it. But well, that's, it, you know it, what? How many of us, after you get out of college with your with your degree, end up in the in the a job? I mean, you do initially, but then you always end up in some different job and some different path than what your degree was. It just seems like oh, it always works that way. Uh, my undergrad had nothing to do with my career before going back to school, and I'm sure it'll end up being the same. Yep, that's true. Well, you know, you just became an auditor. Thank you so much for that. How long ago did you start listening to the shows? I've been listening to the shows for about five years now. Oh, wow. So, yep, had a, quite, quite the track. I, when I, I basically started listening as, when I moved to uh, the D.C. area and was in traffic for, you know, five hours a day. So I had plenty of time to listen to Horses in the Morning, the eventing radio show, and, you know, a couple of shows that have come and gone since then. Uh, even now, this summer, I actually... Uh, worn off uh, TV and just stuck with podcasts. So I was able to catch up on a full year of Stable Scoop and all of Rodeo Marketing 
getting your whole, uh, getting all wow. of the entertainment from the guy. So I figured I ought to start paying for it. We give a prize to this guy, right? I mean, do we have something to give him? I'll, I'll make up something to get. I'll go, <laughs> I'll go out in the back and sew him something. I tell him tell everybody something. what you told well, us. Just let me uh, ride one of your horses when I come up. Oh, take him for a beach perfect. ride. That'll be perfect. Perfect. Brody, you and Brody will have a blast. He's great out cross country. Well, now you tell everybody what you told us, and then we'll go into the rapid-fire questions, which are never rapid-fire. Um, <laughs> That's because I do it. And, and Alina, we'll need about five today. Um, so tell us, tell everybody what you told them about what you did uh, on a trip you just took. You just did a cross-country trip. And who'd you listen to and why? We just want to know why. Oh, yeah. So um, I just drove from Minnesota all the way to Maryland, about 18-hour drive, um, and I figured I needed to, uh, one, prepare for, for today and understand what all the other listeners were being asked, to have the uh, most entertainment I could. So I listened to about 17 hours of uh, <laughs> Helena and Glenn, uh, my, my whole drive. My dog, uh, my dog might come when you guys call her now uh, because she's... <laughs> You had to listen to it now as well for, for the entire time where I usually have uh, have you in my, in my earbuds. He uh, yeah, he got to Maryland, Helena, and drove into a lake. Just <laughs> was trying to get us out of the car. <laughs> well, bless you. You're still saying that's something. Uh, but you got to know a lot of our fellow, your fellow listeners, right? Oh, I did. No, it was yeah. so much fun. I wish I had uh, been on top of that from the beginning. Cool. Well... But, it was nice to listen to it all in a row as well. You know then that Helena's going to ask you some rapid-fire questions. I am ready. That's why I wrote a thoroughbred. We're fast. Okay, <laughs> good. All right, I'm going to put my thoroughbred thinking cap on. Here we go. Three, two, and one. Chris, what's your favorite food? Favorite food? It's seafood. And since I'm talking to a fellow Rhode Islander, I would usually say lobster, but I have to go with uh, clam cakes. Ooh, clam cakes. I totally thought you were going to go for oysters. We got some really good local oysters. Oh, we do. Yeah, that's true. The uh, Cohawks, fantastic. All right. What is your least favorite food? Turkey gravy. Just don't, no, don't put that on my anything. Don't even let it look at my Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> don't even let it look. Don't let it touch my food. What is your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Biggest equestrian pet peeve. So I've, a lot of people have sort of given you equestrian as the riders. I'm going to give you an equine just because this has happened to me the last three times. When you go, uh, I've ridden a horse. You, when you go to pick out those back feet, they either give you the nice little toot or like to try to poop right on your face. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They totally know <laughs> they're they doing do. it. They do. And you know, my heart races every time when that tail lifts because you just don't oh. know what's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. That's a peeve. You're you're that's legit. Do you have a favorite professional or celebrity equestrian? I absolutely do. Um it's only partially because she's actually I've actually gotten to train with her. She's an up and coming inventor named uh Lillian Hurd and she's oh, been yeah. so expert times. She, you know, rides all over. She's actually out to go over to Ireland, I believe. But she's just, you know, one of the sweetest people and so great with the horses that it's kind of tough, even though we're, we're the same age, it's tough not to idolize her. Good for you. I cool. love that. Gosh, and there's so much energy and enthusiasm in your voice for her. I, I, I can't help but now I got to go look her up <laughs> go ride with her. Yep. Lillian J. Hurd, look her up. She's, she'll, uh, Lillian J. Hurd eventing. It's, you know, she has some beautiful horses too here. You know, just 
look up her Facebook or Instagram and you'll you'll see some of them them we'll beautiful horses her. that actually get to get to pet every once in a while. All right. So what career let's forget about the MBA and let's forget yep. about a career with horses. If you had to choose, what what profession would you choose? What profession I'd like to do other than sort of a business profession or something with horses would be uh, sort of a history professor. I figure, you know, I, I really like history. And I think that, you know, once you get on that tenure track, you probably have time to ride as many horses as you want. That's cool. true. Well, we'll have to have you back for our horses in history segment. We, we have another one of those coming up soon, Glenn, I think. So. Yeah. Oh, can't wait. That would be fun. Yeah, so so when you're not studying for your MBA or riding off-track thoroughbreds, you know, squeeze in a little time to study up on your equine history. Is, you know, yeah. we all have that much time. It's easier when it's the fun stuff. It's true. It, it You know, if you need a reason to procrastinate, let's put it that way, which we all do. Yeah. Look up horses in history. Okay, if you won a million dollars, where might you go on vacation? Uh, first place I'd have to go is Ireland. My... Um, you know, one, you know, because what better uh, thing to do on horses than go out fox hunting in Irish countryside? And, you know, I'm going to try to do that even if I don't get those million dollars. Uh, trying to get my grandmothers from Ireland, trying to get my Irish citizenship this year so I can make those trips over there easier, although I have yet to do one. Okay, Ireland. I got to get there, too. I haven't been there either. Okay. What's the most terrifying thing you've ever done, and would you do it again? This is a tough one. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's because I'm not smart enough to be terrified by things or I've just lived too sheltered of a life. Um, but actually, since I'm at uh, Lock Moy, the farm that Maryland horse trails are at, uh, I'll have to say one time I was retraining this Irish draft cross. Uh, it's a little bit of a uh, bolter and a little nervous guy and a big horse. Uh, we're getting ready to go to our first event, uh, uh, walking to dressage, and he tripped and then bucked on the pavement, tossed me down the side of the hill and then got stuck under a uh, water truck, got up. Both he and I were, were fine, but uh, going over to my trainer and saying, okay, do, do we get back on? Uh, and her saying yes was probably the most terrified I've been around horses to, to put that foot back in that stirrup. Uh, but we did get back on uh, and we ended up coming in fourth, even though this beautiful gray horse that I spent four hours cleaning was uh, mud black uh, by the end of it. Uh, but that that is definitely probably the most terrifying experience I can at least think of right now. And would I do it again in a heartbeat? Yeah, you are right now. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I am, actually. Yep, you're right. Well, that's all you're we right. have time for. Thanks, Chris, uh, for joining right. us. Thank we really guys. appreciate it. And you'll get to hear next time you listen to our show on your next trip, you'll hear yourself. Oh, perfect. You can't wait. Oh, I'm not sure if I'll fast forward through my parts or not. <laughs> well, most of my hosts cannot listen to the shows back. They just no, hate listening to themselves. Can't do it. So, unfortunately, I edit oh, them, so I have to. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> All right, Chris. That's thanks a bunch. Job. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good thanks. one. Thanks. Bye. Well, our horse lovers.com 
product review of the week done by our listeners. This week, Kathleen O'Grady from Sarasota, Florida did the review, and she reviews, is going to review the Noble Outfitters Perfect Fit Glove. Hey, Kathleen. Hey, how are you guys? Good. Now, uh, this Noble Outfitters glove I saw last year at Ada, I think, for the first time. So I'm excited to hear what you think of it. Uh, this is a full glove. In other words, it has fingers. Sometimes uh, some of their gloves do not. Uh, but this is a full glove. So tell us a little bit about the glove and what you thought. Well, it arrived in beautiful condition. It is a really pretty color of fuchsia and has a black palm. Uh, the fabric is very, very lightweight, and it's great here in Florida. You don't feel like you're wearing something heavy on your hands at all. It doesn't bunch up between your fingers. There's a lot of um, extra padding right where you're going to need it around the reins. The fingers actually are set up so you can use your cell phone with them on, so you don't have to feel like you have to take it off mm-hmm. in order to like answer a call. And it works very well on all fingers, and with my iPhone, it worked perfectly. Oh wow, that's cool! And I like that, that that they're light. That was the, like one of the first things that you mentioned. They were light enough to wear in the warm. Because my hands get so sweaty, and and a thick glove is so distracting. So these were these were light enough to not be distracting or hot. Yes, yes, you can actually almost see uh, your skin through it. It's that kind of wave looking, or like a um, mesh looking, but not very, not too meshy. So it's. Um, very lightweight, but yet it looks it holds a nice color to it, and they have really pretty picture um, like uh, patterns and all. Do these have the Velcro wrist? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's they hold like on those. tight. Yeah, I like those because otherwise, yeah. sometimes they tend to want to come off. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I do like those. And you said it has the palms, so they're uh, they have the extra layers on the palms, so you don't you don't get blisters. Right. Yeah. Very good. And and now uh, these are available in a bunch of colors too. You got the uh, fuchsia ones, and they come in a bunch of different colors on at horselovers dot com. And and I'm looking at the price here. These are like nineteen bucks, so they're very affordable. I agree. Um, and by the way, the size is um, I got a size eight, and it worked fine. I've got kind of short fingers, so there was plenty of room in there if you have long nails, oh, which is okay. something else. Hmm. So um, so you would say they're true to size. Then? Yes. Yes. And you drive, right? You're a carriage driver? Yes, I am. Um, and I like having gloves on because it just helps me with my grip on my reins. Yeah. And and when uh, Scooter bolts, it helps me to uh, hold the reins. <laughs> so. <laughs> my horse never bolts. No, yours is good. Mine, energy. not so much. No. <laughs> it would take too much energy. <laughs> In, in Florida, this time of year, none of them bolt. They're just happy to get back. Just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you, Kathleen. These are the Noble Outfitters Perfect Fit Glove. They are machine washable, uh, so you don't have to worry about that. They have the double layer uh, grip in between the fingers, too, where you need them the most. And they have the Velcro closure on the wrist. So, uh, And they're breathable, apparently. That was the thing I really wanted to see. So I can get a pair now for here in Florida. And we appreciate you being on and thank you so much for being an auditor thank you very much i really enjoy it take care so you mentioned the other man in your life 
that other show. Um, I have two other men in my life. That's true. Glenn. You are Brody a three timer. I'm a three timer. Yeah, Brody <laughs> that and Buck. Newport show, which happens to include that other guy, Buck. Uh, so tell us about that Newport show. You said you were just doing one. Are you going to go to the? Are you going to go to the boat convention? Well, this was part of the reason why I couldn't go to Ada this time around. Because you were going to play with the boat people? I'm going to play with the boat people. (laughs) Here's what I learned. Um, Boat people and horse people have a lot in common. Yeah, they both spend a freaking lot of money on their hobbies. (laughs) No, yes, yes. And we're, we're both very passionate about what we do. And that, you know, boating and horses are a lifestyle. It's not just something that you do. But, um, you know, from... Keeping a boat, whether you keep it at home or you dock it at a marina or you moor it, do you trailer it? Do you, you know, leave it where it is? It's it's really amazing. Boats are a lot like horses to their owners and the way we we treat them. And in fact, the way we care about them, the way we nurture them so that they can perform their best. Now, obviously, boats don't have brains. They don't have thoughts and feelings. But I can promise you that the ocean does. <laughs> it's <laughs> as unpredictable as a, as a five-year-old thoroughbred. <laughs> but it's really cool because we can talk to boat people and understand in principle the things that we're talking about. And so one of the things that they have at the boat show we're going to be covering is sort of try before you buy. And we're going to take no the position. boat out? Yes. Oh. They have a program called At the Helm. So they have a they have certified captains, sea captains, who can take you out on the different kinds of boats. And you can they do a little bit of teaching and you do a little bit of trying. You can see whether or not this is a Now they don't check your bank account first, do they? Because you're gonna we're all gonna be in trouble if they do that. Well the thing is is just like horses, (laughs) there are boats for different budgets. Oh, okay. Yep. So this isn't just yachts. No, no, this is the you know from the tiniest little dinghy up to you know your average everyday sailboat all the way up to yes. So with what yachts. we pay you, you're going to be taking a rowboat out, is what you're saying. Uh, honey, I'm going to be on a paddle. <laughs> you're going to be <laughs> sitting down. You're going to be on one of those stand up boards. <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be on a piece of flotsam on, a, on a, some, some wood, an old pier, a f- piece of old foam that they packed one of the boats in. Well, hey, the fact that I have my horse is an easy keeper—that's what's getting, that's what's paying for my gas to get over there. <laughs> that's so cool, though, because some of those boats are unfreaking believable. They, it's you know what I swear I really do have a great life. I work very hard to have my horses at home, but I can get on Brody. You know, we'll hack around, we'll do some schooling rides, and then I get to learn all about this entirely new world of boats. So it's really cool. I get to enjoy my horses, but learn about something new. So um, that Newport show has really been a fun adventure. And have you gotten in the back of any of the of the big homes, the stately mansions? Have you gotten to see all the non-fixed up parts? Do you get the secret tour? The secret tour of, of, of the oh, mansions? you mean of the mansions yeah, and stuff? the part that's not open to the public. We have had a sneak peek um, that wasn't because we were able to get in as press. We just received press credentials. So I think that we'll be able to get more sneak peeks like that. But um, one of the mansions, Rosecliff, is actually undergoing some renovations. Uh So we got to see a little bit about what that looks like. Oh, Jennifer would love that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Her and her HGTV. She would be there. She'd be asking a thousand questions. Well, Jennifer needs to hop on a plane and come back up here and <laughs> hang out with us for a week. Does she, she like boats? I, I can't remember if Jen uh, likes boats. Or we've not. been out on a lot of boats. Um, okay. You know, uh, I, you know, it's take it or leave it. 
Yeah. I don't think she'd want to drive a boat. You know, she'd rather have somebody that knows what they're doing drive the boat. You know, that's how I am. I'll drive my horse, but I don't need to drive a boat. I'm no, happy to be a passenger. No. You know, we liked cruises we were on, and then we've been deep sea fishing a number of times. Yeah. Uh, some successfully and some not so successfully. But, you, you know, you can appreciate, for those who like the rhythm of riding, you know, um, that feel, the forward movement, the wind, the rolling rhythmical movement, I think boats will also be pleasurable for them because it's very much the same physical sensation. We were out uh, two days before Hurricane Hugo hit uh, North Carolina coast. We were in Myrtle Beach, and we went deep sea fishing like idiots two days before. <laughs> and the um, there were about five, six people on the boat, other than my brother and his wife and Jennifer and I. And uh, the waves were clocking in at about eight feet on this little boat and he, we, he decided to go out anyway and we thought it was a riot we were standing up in the front holding on to the railing until we hit one of those double swells oh yeah and then our feet came up off the thing and then a little <laughs> captain came on the thing everybody please go to the back of the boat and we were like running to the back of the boat because we had almost gone in the drink and we'd have been dead uh <laughs> almost the, but he fe- you know he actually we actually fished that way and caught so many fish. I don't know if they were stirred up because of the storm or what, but caught a ton of fish that day. It was just the best fishing ever that day. See, but th- well, these are the kinds of things that we're going to learn at the boat show. You get these little inside oh. tips on, like, you know, when the seas are big, then the fish Phew. are swimming. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. If you, There were a lot of sick people. We, we, we were pretty good, <laughs> but there were a lot of sick people because you're fishing and you're going up and down and up and down. <laughs> well, I, you know, I actually had to go out and buy myself a pair of C-bands. Uh, when we, we went out on a schooner recently. On oh, Newport, yeah. That's on the one where you turn green and blue? No, that was on a racing sailboat down in Antigua. Ah, okay. <laughs> you want to talk about some big seas. You know, Narragansett Bay is beautiful. And, you know, our, our uh, listener of the week, I bet Chris can attest to this. Narragansett Bay is very different than the open Atlantic down in the Caribbean. Um, that was kind of rough. The, the schooner... This was a that was a completely different experience. Although I did put on some C bands just to be on the safe side. <laughs> we'll have to do a product review of those. And that's like Dramamine for you. Just wear them. You wear them. They're acupressure. Oh, so they're and just they work. Little, I, I believe they did. I don't know if it's because. Did you throw up over the side? No, I oh, didn't okay. feel the least bit. Not, and I didn't have, have. I've never been seasick before in my life, and I've been out on the open ocean. I've been as far out as ten miles out to see without land in sight. So on a tiny little lobster boat, like I've never been seasick before. So it was really a surprise for me to have gotten seasick. This that went down in Antigua. So I'm like, I really like this, this sailing and boating thing. I don't want to get seasick again. So I got some sea bands and thought, well, I'm just going to cut this stuff off at the pass. Um, so I don't know if they helped or it was psychological. Well, that's enough about boats. Uh, that Newport show.com. That NewportShow.com, we talk not just about boats and just about Newport. We actually talk about a lot of really cool town and country lifestyle social things. So give us a listen. But if you want details about today's Stable Scoop, you can go to StableScoop.com. And you can also get the Horse Radio Network app. And you can get it for your iOS or your Android phone. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. 
It's free and super easy to use. Be sure to log in next week for another episode of Stable Scoop where we meet more listeners. We're having so much fun doing that this year. And we would le- really love your feedback. Send us, uh, join us on Facebook, uh, follow our tweets, jo- become an auditor. You know, Chris said he just became an auditor. He felt like he needed to give back because of all the shows he listens to. You can do that for as little as a dollar a month. Just head on over to stablescoop.com. There's a banner in the middle of the page to become an auditor. You can just sign up and we'll add you to the super secret auditor page and you'll get access to the bloopers and all of that stuff. So uh, we do have some incentives too at the 10 and $25 level. You get some, I think there's mugs and hats and different things you can get at those levels as well. And we're, we do appreciate our auditors. We have 145 of them now. Awesome. Yeah, and so thankful to horselovers.com for their continued support of our show and the Horse Radio Network. They're also sponsoring Radiothon, and we have a whole bunch of other companies really excited to do Radiothon this year. We're going to have some terrific prizes for you. Uh, we arranged the grand prize, which I can't announce yet, but we arranged the grand prize. One of the grand prizes is going to be two, and you're going to really like that. Uh, and uh, we're, we'll have some terrific prizes all day long. I have about 100 sponsors to get back to here, so... It's going to be a lot of fun this year as well. And uh, you can find all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com or on our app. Just search for Horse Radio Network in the iOS or Android app store. It's free and it's easy to do. That's it, Helena. We're done. We are so done. (laughs) Well, at least there will be more next week. Until then, happy scooping, everyone. (laughs) 